Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sickle. Today, we are opening up another chapter in the 2021 Summer Scouting Series. I almost said the year wrong, which shouldn't be the case because this is like episode 8. We're talking about interior defensive linemen today. This is a hot topic position, right? Because we often talk about edge rushers as the defensive line position that always gets the most attention with the NFL draft. These are the players that have the potential to go number one overall, flood the top 10, flood the first round. Everybody's looking for that next edge rusher, but really ever since, and well before this too, I'm sure, but really when Aaron Donald just started to make his impact, everybody was like, okay, how do we find the next Aaron Donald? Because Aaron Donald is not only incredible at what he does, he does it at measurables that are new. He's a smaller defensive tackle, and so everybody's thinking, all right, this guy's the greatest of all time. He didn't fit into the cookie-cutter box, if you will, that we normally thought with defensive tackles. Let's try to find the next great interior penetrator because if you get that interior pressure, if you've got a three-tech or a one-tech or a zero or whatever it is, four-eye, I'll throw four eyes in there too. If you get these guys who can really penetrate the pocket very quickly, what does that do? immediately crumbles the pocket from the middle, forces the quarterback to exit the pocket outside the tackles, gets other players involved. It's so key in disruption nowadays. So everybody's searching for that next great interior defensive lineman. We're going to talk about some guys today. All right, so to talk about the big boys, we had to bring in the big guns, right? We got the big guns here on the podcast with me. You know them, you love them. It's the one and only Joe Marino, my good friend and one of the best scouting minds in the business. I truly believe that. I always love, whether it's at ACC Media Days, whether it's on a plane where I'm sitting next to him going to the combine, whatever it is at any point in the year, I'm always trying to pick Joe's brain about what he thinks of this football player, this program, this prospect, this team, whatever it is. And now you guys are going to get, you know, 15, 20 minutes of it here as a special episode on this podcast. Joe, thank you so much for joining me, man. Trevor, it's good to be here, and I appreciate that kind introduction, but let's be honest, I'm not the one between the two of us that has never missed on a prospect. I mean, that's <laughs> that's you. It's true. This is true. Like, if, hey, look, it, for, I have never, not once, missed on a prospect. If I ever said something that didn't come to fruition, you better believe that it was out of my hands. Either the team right. didn't handle him correctly, <laughs> something happened off the field. So I could not have foreseen right. this. So no, it's it feel it does feel good, Joe, to make sure that you remind the people that I've yeah. absolutely never missed on a prospect. We're talking about interior defensive linemen today, and there's four of them that we're getting to, four of them that I'm very excited about. I feel like to do this position group justice, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on the position group as a whole because you guys have scouted so many of them. We've got to start with Texas A&M's DeMarvin Leal, right? I mean, this is the guy that we have to start with because there's so much to him. Former five-star prospect, wanted to be considered a defensive end and his edge rusher. Some people consider him an interior defensive lineman. I'll get your thoughts there in a second, but six foot four. 290 pounds. He's a junior coming into this year. Seven starts as a true freshman. They got this dude on the field right away. Joe, 
What'd you think of DeMarvin Leal when you popped on his tape? Well, he's the best defensive tackle in this class. There's no doubt about that in my mind, especially entering the season. And I think he's got the type of upside to be a top 15, top 20 selection by the time it's all said and done. And he's disruptive, man. Like you talk about maybe some people think he's an end. Maybe some people think he's an interior player. Like he can play anywhere along the defensive front. And I have confidence in him to make an impact as a run defender and a pass rusher listed at 6'4", 290. Uh, I think he carries that weight really, really well. You you look at him and you don't think he's that big, but then when you start to see some close-ups, you realize that he's thick everywhere and he just has a great body construction about him. I think he has room to get even bigger if they want him to. And it's it's where he's at at such a young age. Like you, like you mentioned, uh, got on the field right away at Texas A&M and has grown f- through playing. And you've seen that impact increase year over year. The, the the pressure has increased notably year over year. I think his run defense yeah. has markedly improved. He just has a great feel for how blocks are attacking him and where the football is going to go and how to play with extension. And obviously, he's powerful and athletic. So it's the versatility. It's the balanced skill set. It's the athleticism. It's the power. It's, it's the total package here when we're talking about the Marvin Leal. And so anxious to watch him play this year yeah, and really solidify that top 20 status. You know, I watched a couple of different games of him and some of them he's playing as an edge defender more than like an interior guy, but there's no doubt. I mean, he was running the Gregory Rousseau path, right? Where you're basically, yeah. you're just pay, playing him at every single area. And I'll tell you, it's tempting to play him at edge because of how athletic and how strong this dude is. But I don't, think he's flexible enough to be like a full-time difference maker edge player in the NFL and that's why I think a lot of people are projecting him as an interior defensive lineman I just didn't see like when he tried to kind of like bend the corner he gets off the ball like he'll Mm -hmm. he'll blow off the ball but then when it comes to turning that corner he's just he's a little bit stiff as you would expect from a guy who's six foot four 290 pounds now I think he's athletic certainly athletic for his size and that's why you love him but I, I can understand why DeMarvin Leal himself wants to play as an edge rusher. One, because those guys obviously get drafted higher and get paid <laughs> more money. But two, like, he's almost there, but not quite. And I'd rather have him be an elite, versatile interior defensive lineman than I think I would a stretch of an edge player. Am I seeing that? Do we see that the same way? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's interesting you brought up Gregory Rousseau because when I watched Gregory Rousseau, I wished he was 30 pounds heavy. Sure. Right? Yeah. And, right. And that's what you get into Marvin Leal. You, you know, Greg Rousseau is a 260 pound guy, Leal's 290. And stylistically, I think they have similar ways in which they win. And you just feel a lot better about Leal because he does that 30 pounds on him right now. And sure. it seems like the Bills are wanting. Rousseau around 265 and to be a true edge. So with Liel, I, I, I hear what you're saying about that flexibility to really win around the outside hip, but where I think he makes up for that and where, where you hope players that don't necessarily have that flexibility to bend the outside arc is that they can reduce rush angles and they can really play with power to be able to really press and lean into angles and, and get parallel with the quarterback disengage and finish. So mm-hmm. where, where he doesn't have the flexibility he makes up for in the functional strength to reduce rush angles. And, you know, 
I can see why he maybe he wants to play end. I, I don't know that I'd play him as a strong side end. I think he's more of a five tech or for a team that wants to run a lot of odd fronts. They would certainly love to have a player like this. Think about the Steelers or the Ravens or sure. you know all of yeah. the the Belichick disciple defenses, which of which there of which there are many now. There, uh, yeah. So I, I think that um, those types of teams would really be able to maximize him in that inside outside type role yeah no that makes that that sort of a defense something that's very multiple and gi- gives guys a lot of flexibilities that makes a ton of sense let's move on to a player who there is not a sh- there is not a doubt at all whatsoever that this guy is an interior defensive lineman I'm talking about Jordan Davis from Georgia this man six foot six 340 pounds he is a senior this year absolute tank ain't no doubt about it this this guy's not flirting with playing edge he's playing right in the middle of the defense I I read that uh he did not play high school football until his sophomore year of high school I think he played basketball is that correct I think so you have nuggets that I don't uh so that's true (laughs) I cannot confirm it I believe I was I was reading that uh that yeah he'd I wonder how that hilarious conversation probably went. It was probably the high school coach was walking around the high school campus, yeah. just saw this massive man and goes, why aren't you on my team? Why aren't you yep. wearing pads suiting up on Friday nights? And so that might have been the conversation that ended up starting things because Davis is a really fun prospect right now. What do you think of Jordan Davis? Yeah, I think he's so easy to figure out. Yep. <laughs> you know, I don't, it's it's. He's like you said, 340 pounds. He's an absolute tank against the run. He's going to occupy blocks, uh, play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. You're not going to move him. He's going to keep the second level clean. Like all of those boringly important traits of a one tech that yeah, you're looking right, for or a right. nose tackle. So like, I do agree that that hurts his valuation a little bit because I don't think he brings much as a pass rusher. Sure. He can push the pocket and really put some stress on the depth of the pocket by you know, being a bull rusher and, and really trying to to squeeze and push guys into the quarterback, but that's not going to be his bread and butter. That's not going to be why he has value in the NFL. It's that ability to hold at the point of attack and really just not get moved. And no, he's not a penetration style player, but like I said, he does reset the line of scrimmage and play on the other side of the line. He He's going to really make it difficult to move him out of lanes and, and widen gaps for running backs to get through. So uh, again, a little bit of concern here about the the totality of his skill set, but the thing that he does, he does at a really high level. I don't know if Jordan Davis is going to end up being a first round pick. Like I, just because the the NFL is very weird with their valuation of those nose tackle types and even just beyond nose tackles players who you can see their ceiling. I think I was on with Brentley when I was talking about that. And it's just very dangerous when you tell the NFL, Hey, what you see is what you get. Because in some ways you could say, okay, great. That's a safe ish guarantee for as safe as we could talk about in the NFL draft. But it just seems like teams don't want that. Like they, they want the imagination. They want the, Ooh, yeah, but he's like untapped potential thing. And that's never going to be the case with Jordan Davis. But I'll tell you, I can just see it now, Joe. Three, four years from now, so like a preview of a of a of a Sunday afternoon game. Somebody goes, "Yeah, this defense is great," and it all starts in the middle with Jordan Davis. That's where the that's <laughs> where I I just see this being the case. And if that's going to be how Jordan Davis is in the NFL, if you think that's going to be the case, 
Draft this dude in the top 50. Draft him at the beginning of the second round, whatever. Maybe even take a chance on him at the end of the first. I don't know if that happens, but I could totally see him being that immovable object in the middle of a defense. Trevor, is it legal to say good things about the Cincinnati Bengals? Are we allowed to do that? We... Uh, I don't believe it's illegal. It might be frowned okay. upon, but yeah, okay. I, I don't think it's illegal. So so allow me to uh, to make a point here. Minus the Chiefs and Bills, in the AFC, when you think about the better teams, they are teams that are run heavy. The Titans, the Browns, uh, the Ravens. New England, yeah. the Ravens, you, Oakland, right? Or not Oakland, the Raiders, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, the type of offense that I think um, you want to see the Dolphins run. And so while the darlings of the NFL are the past heavy teams, there are a lot of teams that are buying into this running the football model sure. and their teams, even Indianapolis, I should have mentioned them. And so I really respect what Cincinnati did. They know that they're in a division with Cleveland, another team that I didn't mention. I should have Cleveland Pittsburgh, who just drafted Najee Harris in the first round and the Ravens, all teams that want to run the football like crazy. Sure. And they signed DJ Reader and they drafted Tyler Shelvin. And you have to feel good about that if you're Cincinnati, that you have those two tanks in the middle of your defense to help combat those rush offenses. And so while I think the valuation for these massive run stopping defensive tackles is probably at an all time low. As we see more teams want to run the football like the so many teams I just mentioned, right? I can see this kind of coming around, and you might be really happy you have a guy like Jordan Davis. There is a future Madden franchise reality where I draft both Jordan Davis and Tyler Shelvin and just <laughs> let him eat in the middle. Okay, let's move on to our yeah. next guy. Let's talk about Perion Winfrey, the senior defensive tackle for Oklahoma, but he wasn't always at Oklahoma. Stands about six foot three, two hundred and ninety pounds was only a three-star recruit. Okay, we talk about a lot of these four- or five-star recruit guys. He was only a three-star recruit coming out of high school, wasn't even ranked by ESPN's recruiting service. So he ends up not getting any a lot of FBS offers. I don't know if he got any. Ends up having to go the JUCO route, but when he went that JUCO route, it was a goldmine for him because he turned into the number one JUCO prospect of the 2020 cycle, ends up going to Oklahoma. So we've got one year of tape on him at Oklahoma. What'd you think about Perion Winfrey? He is extremely raw. I, I will say that. Like he's got to learn how to use his hands and, you know, do everything in terms of playing with extension and, and hitting pass rush moves. But there are three things that just pop when you watch Perion Winfrey. Number one, it's the burst. He's oh, extremely quick yes. off the ball. A lot of, that initial first step quickness is, is really dynamic and he carries that speed. Number two is he plays with an unbelievable motor. Dude's I mean, he is willing nuts at all times, all, all the time. He does not shut it down ever. He is cranked up all the time. And then he also has flexibility. And so when you have burst and a motor and flexibility, that's a really nice foundation of traits to, to work with, to add in the hand usage. That's going to be required for him to really be an impact interior defensive lineman. So right now, based on what we've seen, he's got a lot of work to do, but what he has to work with is exciting. And this is a guy that I can, I can really envision taking a major jump this year yeah. and being a riser and challenging for, you know, potentially being an early day two pick 
if he puts everything together because he's got a lot of skill. He just has to get the technical side down. Yeah, I mean, like, they're they're definitely, and when you know his background of going Juco and not being a high-star recruit and finally getting to Oklahoma, when you, when you know that and you watch the tape, a lot of it makes sense, right? Because I can sit here and tell you that I think there are too often times where he plays a little high. I mean, like he's hunched yeah. over, I think, naturally, and, and so it masks that a little bit. But you could just tell, like he's popping up, he's playing high. The hands are frantic, and you love the speed and the activeness with the hands, but they're inaccurate. They're sometimes moving without a purpose, and you could just see that in his game, and I think that you used the perfect word raw right there. But let me tell you, man, there is something valuable about trench players whose motor runs that hot. Let me tell if I was if I was anywhere near 300 pounds, I ain't doing squat. Like I you couldn't pay, <laughs> you you almost probably couldn't pay me to have that kind of effort and that kind of motor with that kind of mass. I wouldn't want to move either. But Perion Winfrey man, he seems like he loves it and he's just going a million miles an hour at all times. And so I do think that where you're totally right, he is raw as a prospect. That's something you got to love as a baseline with them. I think moving forward. Got to remind people that BuiltBar.com is serving up the best tasting protein bars on the planet. No matter what flavor you're looking for. Raspberry, mint chocolate brownie, strawberry, oranges, cookies and cream, German chocolate cake, double chocolate. For those of you that want to go the extra mile with your chocolate and your sweets, these are the protein bars for you. Not only do they taste great, they're also fantastic for your diet. They're low in calories, low in sugar, but also really high in protein, high in fiber as well. I'm, this is the total package for protein bars, and I know everybody out there is always looking for the total package of protein bars because, well, I am, and everybody's trying to be like me, of course. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That is LOCKED15, and you are going to get 15% off your next order when you use that promo code. LOCKED15, LOCKED, and then 15, 15% off. Best tasting protein bars you're ever going to find, I promise you over at BuiltBar.com, and also bet online. You guys have heard me say it before. It's the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, UFC, MMA, whatever it is. Bet online's got you. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to finally get into the action yourself. Head over to their website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's 50, 50%. Tap of 100. For everybody who's struggling with math out there, if you use the promo code locked on, so whatever you're depositing, they're going to match you up to 50% of whatever that is. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, last guy, Tyler Davis. Another Davis, different first name. Tyler Davis, the defensive tackle from Clemson. He's a junior, six foot three, about 200, sorry, not 200, 300 pounds, about 305 pounds. I read that his nickname is Baby Dex. They call him Baby Dex for Baby Dexter Lawrence. And I'm not so sure that's no. the right nickname. Because nope, it's Dex- not. Dexter not. Lawrence was like 350. Right. So that's, uh, you know, you're missing about 40, uh, 50 pounds there on uh, on Tyler Davis. And so I was, I was going to ask you, does he resemble Dexter Lawrence in any way? But it sounds like he doesn't. Nope, he doesn't. And... The, the excitement with Tyler Davis really stems from his 2019 campaign where I thought he showed pass rushing ability, run stopping ability, some quickness, good power at the point. And I thought he didn't take a step forward last year. I, I know that he had some injuries that he battled through, it, which, which certainly impacted his production. But as I think about players that if he goes back to like building off of that 2019 as part of this Clemson defensive line that is absolutely loaded with five stars and really good talent around him. 
he could really be the beneficiary of that and just get healthy, show what you can do. And I think he's a guy that has everything necessary to be a top 100 pick and just like change the perception around him at this point, because he did not build off of 2019, Mm -hmm. but I think he has, you know, he certainly has that room to go back and capture some of that sizzle. Yeah. I think that he, he lived off of some, some, certainly above average burst and athleticism that first step during his first season and I I definitely think that he got caught a little bit last year where it was you were looking for him to truly take those things that he did well in 2019 and let them be building blocks and instead it felt like he just wanted to continue to lean on those things and maybe it was just a big wake-up year for Tyler Davis because I I think that he is really talented but he had yet to really take that next step and I was kind of the same thing with uh uh, Xavier Thomas as well, which, you know, we, we didn't get to. And so maybe it's just like a Clemson yeah. D-line thing at this point. But you hope that the best is yet to come for both of those guys. I mean, do, I, do you think that there's a possible first-round selection with him? I, I read that somewhere. Oh. I mean, like, that's 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 way off to me. It is. And I'll tell you, I don't know if you've done a 2022 mock yet. The last... 15 or 20 picks are difficult because (laughs) I mean, dude, like this class is deep, but it does not have top tier talent at this point. And so you're just having to kind of reach for players to fit them into those spots because there's not 32 guys or even close to it that have put together enough that makes you feel comfortable projecting and hit them in that range. And so Tyler Davis is one of those players where Sure, if it all comes together, he has that type of ability, but he's not there yet. We shouldn't even be having that conversation yet. Don't forget, Joe, I did the way-too-early mock draft right after the draft happened, and uh, I got through the quarterback names, (laughs) Kayvon Thibodeau, Derek Stingley, and then we were Kyle Hamilton. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Kyle Hamilton, too. I knew knew Kyle Hamilton. Okay, uh, before we get you out of here, are there any other interior defensive line names that you guys have talked about throughout your scouting meetings that you're just maybe intrigued about or that the listeners should keep their eye on going into this college football season? Well, I'll give you a little spoiler. Uh, The four players we talked about today are the only four players that we have in our TDN top 100 entering the season at interior defensive line. So we we are not high on this class right now. If I did have to shout out a couple of names, uh, Corey Durden, transfer from Florida State. He'll be part of that NC State defense. I think he'll, you know, take that Aleem McNeil role. Uh, Zach Pickens from South Carolina. Everybody thought he was like Jadavion Clowney 2.0 coming out of a high school, big time recruit. The, all the skill is there. He just like, just has not put it together. Maybe that happens. He admitted he was nervous playing for Will Muschamp. And so maybe with a new coaching staff, (laughs) uh, he could play a little bit more free and, and show his ability. And the last guy that I'll mention is Robert Cooper, Florida state. Uh, if you don't get Jordan Davis on day two, get yourself Robert Cooper on day three. He's a very similar player. Anytime there's a whiteboard in the room and Will Muschamp is my coach, I'd be sweating too. I'd be absolutely nervous. <laughs> he Joe- came out and said it, man. He said, he said, I can't play free with this guy. <laughs> Joe Marino told us he had 20 minutes. And I said, "What? we're going to get it in. We're going to do it because I knew the people needed this expertise and needed this view on the 2022 interior defensive line class that we headed in this season. Joe, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Trevor. Oh, I always love talking with Joe. I always have a blast when Joe's on the podcast. Make sure you guys follow all of his work at the Joe Marino on Twitter. 
He's got a mock draft that he put out a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago. I guess it's two weeks ago now that he put out his first mock draft. And yeah, like you said, the scouting staff, man, they're grinding on all of these players. And so when all the prospect reports come out, make sure you guys check that out as well. That's all the episodes for this week, but we're going to be checking back in on how a lot of the NFL teams have been doing during training camp. Now that the first preseason games are going to be done over this weekend, we're going to be checking in on a lot of really notable teams, situations, position battles, some rookies, all that's coming next week. Until then, You guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.